We are I. So unintentionally got here about like an hour early. Um, there's obviously just people everywhere, um, traveling back and forth. You know, like lights going off, sirens going off, you know, announcements being made. It's just, it's just hectic and chaotic. And I thought, you know, like what a perfect ending to kind of like this trip because like this trip has been absolutely amazing. But like I have never in my life even come close to being have done as much stuff as what I have done on like this trip like it's been it's been thoroughly incredible and, and given the opportunity that was you know, stored upon me to be able to do this is truly and utterly amazing um, you know like often when I travel like you know especially now in my later years and now that I've had kids I really try to like keep in perspective like, like what are some things I'm going to take away like what was the real benefit of being on this trip but then I also realized that since my oldest was born um, I haven't been on a trip away, you know, without my kids, and it was just such a unique experience. Um, I don't even really know how to be able to describe it, whether or not I enjoyed it more or less, or whether it was just different. I've been I'm trying to analyze that. I would say that the, the mobility has definitely been easier. Um, there's no doubt about that, but it made me realize how much I just love, like, experiencing life, like, with them. Um... You know, like, there's just, I love seeing their eyes open. I love them popping open their little eye blankets and being able to see and look around. And, you know, I've told this story to so many people, and I've probably told this story on the podcast many times, but, you know, like, the last time I was in Mexico with my family, you know, and I got us lost in this bus in Puerto Vallarta, and we ended up, like, way deep in the mountains. And, you know, we kind of knew we were going off the, the wrong path, and we were going to get ourselves kind of, like, you know, in a situation we probably, you know, shouldn't have got in, and, you know, it definitely rested upon my shoulders. But, you know, as we were going through this crazy backcountry neighborhood in Mexico, um, you know, we're, like, we're looking around, like, there's, there's tires basically going down the street, little fires, like that, like that neighborhood in Mexico that you could think of that you would not want to be down. And I'm down that, like, with all three of my kids. And uh, we got to the end point, and, you know, the bus driver, you know, in, in Spanish, and now we're using Google Translate to be able to even talk to this guy, and he's just like, you know, I don't know where you guys are going. Um, he's like, you got to get off the bus. And he's like, just, it's time to go. And I was like, well, what do you mean we got to get off the bus? I'm like, I have no idea where we are. I have no idea how to be able to get back. You know, I can use Google Translate, but, you know, like, what if the internet goes down and I can't use it? Like, like we don't have a whole lot of options here. Um, you know, so through our real limited communication, you know, he ends up saying, just stand here. I'll tell the other bus driver coming back. Whenever he comes back, to will stop and pick you up. So I'm like, well... This isn't really a situation I want to be in with these kids, but it seems like I got no choice, so pack everything up and get off the bus. And uh, lo and behold, the other guy comes straight quite quick, and like we hop on, and you know, nerves are kind of settled now. I just, I know it's kind of more of a time thing before we get back on track. And you know, the whole point of this story is like this exact moment right now. You know, I look at my oldest daughter and I say, you know, baby, I'm like, 
like looking around here and like knowing what we got at home and, and seeing like what these people have here i'm like you know like where would you rather live would you rather live back home or would you rather live here and she's like oh i totally live here and i was like well thinking ahead i'm like why you know like you're seven i'm like obviously i'm getting seven year old answer now you know but like just in like you know so she says to me she's like she's like dad she's like they have horses in the in the front yard and I was like, wow, to be able to, like, like, there's, there's poverty everywhere, you know, like, there's broken doors off the houses, there's, there's, you know, blown out windows, there's, like, walls falling down, there's weeds everywhere, there's just, there's garbage, there's, like, just extreme, extreme poverty, and that's what she sees, you know, and I think, like, how truly and utterly amazing that is, if we could all kind of look through that lens at the world and just say, like, I'm going to break it down onto the level that I'm going to only see the things that I value the most and the things that are going to make me the most happy. You know, so I really try to, you know, keep that in mind. I keep that story fresh in my mind. I try to tell people all the time because that's exactly how I want to be able to see this trip. You know, it was hectic. It was crazy. Uh, I'm in this, like, insanely big airport right now. My flight's delayed. You know, I want to get home. tired. I've slept, like, eight hours in, like, seven days. But it's like, you know, like, what, what are the things? Like, you know, like, what are the best things? You know, like, what can I see through to be able to do all this? You know, like, the value of the experience I'd be able to take away from all this that, yeah, I might not have been with my kids. I might have been on this new life experience. But, you know, I've also never been on a guy's trip before. I'm 35 years old. This is the first time, like, legit in my adult life that I've taken a, a guy's trip. And, like, it was cool. Like, it, it was it was cool. Like, we had two guys fly in from Isle of Man. You know, like, the three of us were all from Vancouver. Everybody came in at different times. You know, we all ended up staying in the, you know, the same condo together. We ate together. We drank together. We laughed together. You know, we moderately, you know, kind of, like, passed out on couches and tables and beds around each other. Um, you know, but it was just, it was an experience. It was an experience that is, like, truly will be unforgettable. You know, like, we didn't have any kind of goal or, you know, mission or anything in mind to be able to just attack everything. But we probably went to at least eight or ten different places every single day you know to like just experience and culture be entrenched in you know the environment and to see the people around us like who is there and what do they represent and what kind of conversations can we have with them and you know everything from like the duck and waffle to you know going out to Durham to watch the cricket match and Rihanna and the, being there and her livening the stadium up and it just getting nuts to, you know, meeting a very traditional, you know, Muslim woman on the on the train who was the service provider for all the food who trying to be one of the coolest human beings we've ever met in whole life and ended up talking to LNER, the major rail sister about how amazing she is over Twitter. Like just all these just just truly authentic, amazing experiences. You know, every single night you're up until like six, seven o'clock in the morning, sleep for an hour or two, you know, running along the, the Thames, you know, going to all these major sites are just so iconic to be in, in London and the area. You know, seeing the palace and you know, seeing Churchill's bunker and seeing Big Ben and you know, MI six headquarters, you know, things with James Bond. It was like all these things that, you know, we've seen and we've seen over the years, but now I've seen and I've witnessed them with my own eyes. You know, I've, I've sat in a bar, I've sat in a pub, I've sat in a restaurant, I've sat on a train, I've sat in a plane, I've sat beside all these people and we've had real conversations with them. You know, I was in an Uber with this guy from Ethiopia, probably single-handedly almost one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. And, 
we talked for 45 minutes only just about how people can't look at each other in the eyes and they communicate anymore. You know, I told him the one thing that I valued is like every time he had an opportunity to be able to look up from the road, he looks in his roof and here to be able to acknowledge me while we were talking how amazing that was. So I asked him, you know, I'm like, did you grow up like that? Like, were you taught that? Like, where did you pick that up? Because it's not something that you pick up in your adult life. Like, that is something that you pick up when you're a child. You know, it's just like, you know, I remember growing up in, like, in Ethiopia, like, you know, we didn't have any, we didn't, we didn't have phones, we didn't have TVs, we didn't have anything, we, we only really had each other to be able to, you know, fall back on and to be able to talk to and to be able to entertain ourselves. And he's like, you know, we, we kind of went to school, we went to, you know, school, you know, like, not at a level like what we went here. And he's like, you know, we really just had, like, all these interpersonal connections, he's like, I, it must be something that I just kind of picked up along the way. And like, you know, how truly and utterly amazing is that? You know, and how much of that are we losing now, you know, like with our children, you know, the way that they were being raised, the way that we were always raising them, and losing those interpersonal connections where they just learn the simple art of being able to look somebody else in the eye when they're talking to them. Because him and I both knew like how valuable it was and how much respect was attributed to it and how, you know, that we wouldn't want to hold a conversation any other way. And then I started asking him, I'm just like, you know, like, what, what makes you want to be, like, like an Uber driver? You know, like, I'm sure that you have, like, you know, life at its, at its hands, you know, cat by the tail. Like, you know, like, what are you doing driving a supercar? He's like, why does, I just do it for money instead of, you know, sitting around at home. I'm like, well, what's your day job? Then it kind of sounds like business, just a side hustle for you. And he's just like, well, I'm a scientist. And I'm like, what are the odds that I get into an Uber in London by myself with a guy who wants to have a conversation who happens to be driving an Uber cab? You know, it's a side hustle that's a scientist that does blood analysis. You know, but again, I would have never known this about it. I wasn't just willing to say hi. We're willing to be able to acknowledge his existence or, you know, talk to him and be able to see who he is. You know, but on top of that, too, you know, I'm like, you know, are you, are you, do you have a wife, do you have a girlfriend, like, you know, who, what's going on in your life, and it's just like, a, it's like, I have a girlfriend, you know, she's, um, she's got a doctorate in, uh, you know, biomedical science, and again, I'm like this, like, what, what world do I live in where I can be this connected with the people that I just authentically want to meet in my life, where, like, he's a scientist, she's a biomedical scientist, He's doing this inside us. I'm just like, wow. I talk about the perfect place at the perfect time. And this was all only happened because I left my visa card at um, Black Rock Whiskey Bar. And we finally got a hold of the guy who happened to just stop in at the, at the restaurant. You know, even if you call it a restaurant, it's just more of like a whiskey bar. We just happened to stop in to be able to do a couple inventory things for an hour. And I caught him at exactly the right time. You know, but like all these like little organic transactions that all happen because you're just willing to be able to get out of the house. You know, like I said, meeting this guy, you know, who's a scientist in a cab. You know, his his girlfriend being into biomedical science and doctorate in it. You know, going to, you know, taking a train for almost four hours and meeting one of the coolest human beings on the planet. You know, and then I'm getting in a, in a really engaged conversation with Ellen Yard. Going to a cricket game, like a world cup of cricket, you know, where Sri Lanka should have got their ass handed to them by the West Indies, and they didn't. It was an amazing game, and Rihanna was there. And, like, all these things that just, they're experiences. Like, they're the experiences that you can never have, and if you're just willing to treat life like the adventure it has always been and should be. You know, because, like, 
if you're at home and you just watch on Netflix, you're just on your phone and on Facebook and on like Instagram, that's all you really make your life has become. Like this is only happening like three days. And I'm only really talking to you maybe about 5% of everything that we did. And if I just, if we didn't get out and this is all five of us guys are the type of guys that just, you know, like, you got to get out. We want to get out. We, we don't want to sit at home. We don't want to sleep until one or two o'clock. You know, you'd rather sleep for two hours a day and be able to get out and experience life and be able to get out there and just have fun and meet people and see new things and, you know, experience it. You know, but why, why can't we all treat life like an adventure? When did, when did life not become an adventure anymore? Like, when did we halt that? When did we pump the brakes? When did we stop and say, I no longer want to create life or treat life like an adventure and be able to create these amazing opportunities for myself. But what I'd rather do is, like, live by proxy and look through other people's experiences. You know, I know on this podcast, when I talk a lot about my experiences and you hear other people's experiences on other podcasts and other shows and other movies and all these different ways that we kind of live through other people's experiences. We feel like we've kind of lived them you know, alongside them or with them, and we have these memories of them, but they're not, they're not our memories, like, they're not our interpersonal connections, like, there's legitimately some people that I met on this trip that I will never forget, and I would never want to live a, a second of that by proxy through somebody else, because, like, those conversations and, like, those interactions and, you know, like, when, like, Azra on the on the train, you know, like, I feel we're, like, three hours deep into, like, this dream, this wicked party on this train, you know, with all these people, and everybody's missing, having some fun, and she's like, I just want you guys to be able to post my, you know, my picture on, you know, Twitter, I would love it, and if you take the company, it would mean so much to me, you know, like, maybe help me get a raise, and, like, you know, I go to, like, you know, put my arm around her to be able to take a selfie, something that you would do all the time, she kind of takes a step back as the train jolts. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, sorry. So then I brought my arm out again and, you know, put my arm around her to be able to take this selfie, something like I said, I've done a million times and you all have done too. You know, and then one of the guys that I'm with is just like, he's like, man, he's like, what's wrong with you? And like legit offended. And I was like, what? I'm like, she asked me to take a picture and, and post it on Twitter to be able to take the company because like we're having fun, you know, like she's not going out of her way. She's just, she's showcasing her personality. I'm like, I break it all down. I'm like, you've been here the last like two, three hours, like experiencing this whole thing with me. Like, what's the deal? And he's like, what's wrong with you? Do you understand what you're doing? And I'm like, what? And he's like, you can't touch her. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like now that I'm like in that moment, I was just like, whoa, like the gravity and the sobriety that that moment, you know, brought to me was just, it was incredible. But again, it's like those little moments like that, where it's like those moments where your eyes just pop open and like these, these different connections that we build and how that moment, like I'll probably never forget that moment to prevent me from that situation happening again, hopefully in the future. But again, you know, I might be talking about like five, maybe six percent of this whole entire trip. Like we met, we probably met like at least 20 different Uber drivers with the most amazing, amazing stories from like all over, like everywhere, all over Africa, all over the United States. You know, the one guy was from Toronto. It was just, and the stories they were telling about their lives and just the, they're so willing to want to be able to share who they are with somebody. Like people showed a genuine interest in like who they are and how they've got to this point driving this Uber to this taxi in London. It was amazing. But then the immediate contrast to that is, you know, like, 
last night, you know, we wanted to go get something to eat. It was like two o'clock in the morning. You know, one of the guys were with, you know, he's Googling, you know, it's a cool spot to be able to go to. And we find this place called the Duck and Waffle that's open 24 hours, the highest 24-hour restaurant in the world. It's really like, cool spot, obviously. So, you know, we got, we're wearing flip-flops. We're just coming off, like, you know, eight hours of travel plus, like, a four-hour cricket game or four hours of the game that we watched anyway. And, like, we're all exhausted. We're all hungry. We all want to eat. We've all been kind of half drunk 18 times already that day. You know, and we get there and we show up and they're just like, well, you can't come in. They're like, you got flip-flops on. And so, you know, we do a little smooth talking, blah, 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 blah. And we get up into the restaurant, we're walking around and like everybody's got like suits on and dresses and high heels and, you know, wingtip shoes and foxtoe shoes. And like we got flip-flops and Sri Lanka game jerseys on with shorts carrying backpacks. Because again, we just traveled 400 kilometers both ways and watched this cricket game. We're exhausted. And like we're sitting there and like nobody's really talking. Everybody's on their phone. Nobody's really sharing any of these stories. You know, the waiter doesn't want to have anything to do with us. We go through like three or four different waiters before we find like this one guy who's just like authentically a great human being. I mean, it's a connection with him like right away. You know, but again, it was like it made me realize that same concept that we come coming back to on this podcast all the time and again just something I put like a ton of research into about how like you know like people you know who come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds are just so much happier because they have these interpersonal connections where they want to talk they want to share stories they want to look at each other in, in the eyes and everywhere I go and the experience that I see and the thing that always comes back to me is just it's that I see it so weird it's like my eyes have never been opened before and something that I just, I see, it is so prevalent, it is incredible. And I think like that, that single-handedly is going to be a really big part of this experience that I'm going to come home with when I get back home. And something that I, I just really want to relish in for a while because, you know, like, I've not only seen it at home. I've seen it in Costa Rica, I've seen it in Mexico, now I've seen it in London from people who, you know, been everywhere in the world who are from everywhere in the world because you know London obviously being very metropolitan and you know very much a melting pot society and like you see it and that's the experience and that's the experience that I want to share with you guys today is, is again I want you to go seek it like go seek out these environments and just just see if I'm right just understand like hey do you come to the same conclusion that I do is it something that you see is it something that you feel is it something that it really feels like you know people you know who quote unquote or from like low socioeconomic backgrounds or you know that come from like a third world country or you know people who have to rely upon each other are they just happier do they sing do they dance are they jovial are they just happier they just full of life we all see it I see it so much more now and I love it and I want to connect with it more and it's a part that I, of my life that I want to bring to my life and it's a part that I want to bring to your guys' lives and a part that I want to bring to my daughter's lives because we need to get back to it we need to get back to that. Because again, when there's nothing else, all we have is each other. When there's nothing else, all we have is the ability to be able to sing and to be able to dance and to be able to eat and to be able to laugh. You know, so let's create those moments. Let's create those connections. So I'll create them together because we have that opportunity. And the only thing that's stopping us right now is because we're choosing not to. So what is the choice that you're going to make?